Mr. Pop. It's the first time I have ever watched it, and I cannot tell you how repulsive I found it. I just can't believe it exists. Four Corners. <laughs> the Masked Singer. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Everyone is right to go and, uh, you know what, there's so much horrible, nasty, bloody stuff going on in the world at the moment. It's nice just to park your brain over the corner over there and just uh, let the world, uh, you know, go past and uh, and, uh, lose yourself in this wonderful podcast that we like to call Rock and Roll. We certainly park our brains over in the corner over there and don't uh, don't re-engage them for at least another hour or so. So you're pretty safe there. Uh, my name's Kevin Hillier. With me, as always, Brian Mannix, rock star extraordinaire and birthday boy. Yes, I did have a birthday and um, now just ooh, a couple of years away from 60 now, Kev. Mm. That may well, be- I am. That, I'm 62. That makes me a couple of years away. Oh right, that, you're right. Sorry, I, I was I was thinking you were approaching it from the other direction, not from uh, reversing into it. No, I think that's what you got to do, though. You <laughs> go say, ah, oh, look, you know, like in your case, what are you, 65? You say, oh, five years off being 60. Well, thank you for that. I'm 67, so I'm, um, yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm I feel... Oh, you're even further away. <laughs> that's fantastic, mate. I'm up in the distance over here. That's right, I am. And Finey's Finey's way back. He's not even in the same bloody postcode as us. Oh yeah, I'm a baby, fifty-eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the baby, oh. of, the baby of the oh. show, Mark Fine. <laughs> oh, Finey, wow. both. Wow. Wow. Uh, and Finey are both two years off being sixty. Yeah, that's right. We're Correct. practically twins. <laughs> <laughs> in a Danny DeVito, Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of way. Exactly. Yeah, you're the one with all the tats and finally the one with all the taste. No, hang on. <laughs> no, hang on. I got that wrong somewhere. Nah, finally has got both of them. Now, how was the birthday got, celebrations, you old oh, fart? I'll get go to, for it. I'll come back in a minute. How were the birthday yep. celebrations? I, I noticed you caught up with Casey and a few friends. Uh, it was great. Um, I, You know, you've had 61 birthdays, so you don't get too excited about it. Um, but... So he said, oh, what do you want to do for your birthday? What do you want to do? And I said, oh, I don't know. We'll just take it as it goes. And that's pretty much what we did. Um, I got up in the morning and Casey had filled the lounge room with balloons and gave me a beautiful card from her and, my bro- uh, and her brother. And um, they gave me some, you know, well, you know, they know what to give me. Big, huge bottle of scotch and lots oh, of so. lollies and <laughs> licorice and shit. Um, and... Then we went to a really great restaurant, um, which Calbrosi uh, or something I don't know. And luckily, my my cousin and his wife Galen, my cousin Alan, was up here, and so they sort of popped in and paid for nearly everything. And um, and then his son Julian and Christy came along and said, so it was really good because I didn't have any plans, but. It just turned into a really good party, and um, and I think you know it's kind of some of the best ways. Like you got no expectations, and then just the day builds, and it turns into be something great. So yeah, nice. yeah it was a 
terrific birthday. Well, happy birthday from everyone listening on this podcast and everyone uh, who's on this podcast. Finally, and I wish you all the very best for last week. Thank you very much. And all the very best for next week too, Brian, if you make it that far. Well, let's see how we go. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday, BM. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Now, what about your week, Farney? When I called you BM, I thought you were going to call me MF. But we've cleaned... But we're cleaning up the show, I believe. Yes, we are. We're making a concerted effort not to use the F word that much and not to have so much gratuitous dick talk on the program. Well, I Good luck with that. And he's, <laughs> and he's quite disappointed about this because he had some breaking news this week and um, he's got a new album out, but we won't be able to mention it. So, anyway, there we go. Who's that? Dick. Oh, right. Dick Robinson, yeah, he's got yeah. a new album out, but we're not talking about yeah. Dick, so uh, his new album's probably going to go bust, not sell very well, all because of your new rules, Kev. It'll, <laughs> it'll, it'll sell Dick. There you go. That's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. What about you, Funny? How's your week? You got uh, bloody renovations and all that going on still? Yeah, they're, they're full on, but so I've been working extremely hard because it's just a bit harder to run the shop. Um. But I've got to tell you something. Today, well, I'll tell you, today, what I need to do, tell you what I need you to do is it sounds like you've got, someone's put a pillow over your head. <laughs> oh, because I'm on a pillow. Yeah, um, it sounds like that pillow that, slipped over your head. Not surprising. Is that any better? <laughs> That's much better. Okay. So today, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just going to tell you what I was doing. I was getting a pedicure. <laughs> Don't laugh. What? What? Well, well, Nat gets manicures and pedicures, and then a few months ago, righty, as we call my right foot, had fallen into a state of bit of disrepair, and so I started getting pedicures, and they're good. It certainly has helped my foot health, you know, just with calluses and dried heels and whatever, so yeah. I get a pedicure every few weeks. But you sit there. Thank you, Brian. They're good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you've got to look after your feet. They, they, nothing worse than having sore feet or bad feet or whatever. You you know, without feet, without feet, your legs your legs don't work as well. Anyhow. So, <laughs> Thank you, Professor Fine. <laughs> so I was a captive audience and for the first time in my life I watched a certain TV program. Would have now, to be a, a female program, female based program. Am I, am I being sexist by saying that? No, no, it was just on some shit channel. Anyhow, <laughs> it's a program that you often talk about, and it's the first time I have ever watched it. And I, I cannot tell you how repulsive I found it, how pathetic, how totally contrived, how I just can't believe it exists. Four corners. <laughs> <laughs> no, the masked singer. Oh. oh, was this the one with the uh, the block woman, whatever the, the yeah. building yeah. woman? Sh- Sh- Shana Blaze. That's it. Yeah. I mean, is the, the, it all sort of builds to the peak where they have to guess who it is? It's just embarrassing. It's just so embarrassing. So the guesses were um, 
because one of the Spice Girls is on it. So one of them went for Emma Bunton. Which baby, which baby Spice. Baby Spice. The next went for Natalie Bathingthwaite. The next went for Florence from Florence and the Machine. Oh. And then the last, and then I think Husey went for Gladys Knight from Gladys Knight and the Pips. Yeah, right, he would. Isn't she dead? No, no, she's still with well, us. Well, she sure ain't the bird from the block. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> she ain't Gladys from the block, that's for sure. That is correct. I mean, you know, they're, they're not exactly scouring the world for the greatest singers. Now, by the way, this Shana Blaze can sing. All right, she can hold a note. No problems there. But if the excitement to find out who was in the blue bottle outfit, which was just friggin' annoying anyhow. But <laughs> and it's built up. It the show should run four and a half minutes. <laughs> Back after the break. Back after the break. Who do you think it was? Who did you think it was? Who might you think it is? Who would you think it is if you don't think it's who you think it was? <laughs> Let's have a sing off between Marty the Monster from the Superfly Fun Show and Emu. I mean, <laughs> but the whole thing is the most drawn out. It's the most drawn out piece of dreck to watch. To watch the bird from the block do some karaoke I have ever seen in my life. Oh boy, <laughs> God! <laughs> no, I couldn't, agree, up. I couldn't agree more. My they feet are in do. danger. Because I love the pedicure, but I'm not. If they put on another show like that, <laughs> then then I'm going to welcome back athletes' foot and gangrene. And... <laughs> well, what about what about the masked stripper? <laughs> What's that? You got to check out. Oh yeah, that could be Danny Minogue. It could be Pamela Anderson. I'm not sure. That'd be. I'd watch that. I'd say I'd watch it, but we've cleaned, the, cleaned our show up, so no, well, I wouldn't. The, um, a, a stripper with a mask on, that would, <laughs> they, you'd never pick who it was. You'd never pick it was Pamela no, Anderson. You'd have, you'd, have a, you'd have a big, huge head like they do on Mars Singer. So. <laughs> and, and the rest is naked. Yeah. <laughs> the rest is, well, it doesn't start off naked. It might start off in, you know, a little schoolboy outfit. And then he, no, 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 forget that. Um, uh, might start off. Off in, you know, he's a racing car driver and he rips off his thing and then away he goes. You know, it's for boys and girls. Yeah, yeah, no, of course, it'd be, it'd be all inclusive, no doubt about that. Uh, I, I don't think Put it's the mask back on. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's going to fly, Brian. Uh, the mask singer is a it, it, funny, funny show. I don't know why people, I don't know how people can sit through the whole thing. Wouldn't you just watch the last four minutes? Oh, that should be the whole four minutes. It well, should yeah, be. I'm not. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying. But if you are, if you're going to put yourself through it, wouldn't you just watch the last five minutes and see who it is? Correct. It's like it's like basketball. You only watch the last four minutes. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, really, I'm really liking this um, this stripping show. Like if it was like stripping for charity, oh, right? You got right. all these. You, you got all these rich people sitting around. 
And, you know, you got Danny Minogue and you got them. And then, you know, they're chucking money in for the charity, sticking it in your garter and loading you up. So you've got to go that next step further. And then, like celebrity, get me out of here. They go, well, that's it. No more rain. You know, they make it rain with money. That, that, that'd be very watchable, I reckon. Well, I reckon. Yeah, the I problem re- is, you know why it won't work? No. Because every example you ever give of those shows, you only ever mentioned Danny Minogue. That's a one episode. <laughs> well, she did. Got, she, well, you've got, you know, Delta Goodrum, perhaps. Oh, you know, Delta Goodrum is not going to strip for anybody. <laughs> you can't dance, so I think that's probably a fair call. But, <laughs> oh, you want to see a move. How about, how about um, who, who was the bird that used to host Current Affair? Jana Vint. No. Tracy Grimshaw. Yeah, Tracy Grimshaw. <laughs> we pick her body, even though she's got the big head on. We'd know it was her. <laughs> You're a cruel bastard, Menix. Um, now, Danny Minogue is in line <laughs> to host a game show of some description I read on the weekend. Yes, yes cool. that'd be great. Mastermind. <laughs> 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 World's um, biggest boob. No, I don't think yeah. that was what it was called. Um, uh, now, I don't know if you're aware of the, the – well, the, the, uh, hopefully they put something else on the television you can continue to have your foot looked after, your feet looked after in the manner to which they've now become accustomed. Yeah, correct. We've just got to do something about your eyes and your ears because if they keep assaulting those senses, your feet are going to lose out. Yeah, that's exactly right. Not a good thing. But I did see – I did see, I haven't followed this up. I just caught this on my news feed. Mm-hmm. You know what TV shows being reprised or a version of? Oh, they're reprising everything. They're reprising all these Fra- game shows. Frasier? Yeah, Frasier. Well, yeah, it starts what's the date? It starts in four days. Uh, yeah. Well, clearly. Grammar in it? Yes. But it don't, I'll tell you now, when you see, I've seen a promo for it. Because um, yeah. it's on one of the streaming services, and I can't remember which one it is, but I keep getting um, ads for it um, because I've—I think it's on Stan. Is it Stan, Brian, or Netflix? Yeah, yeah it's Stan. Stan. That's October thirteenth. Yeah, I, I, I love Frasier, but you got to have his brother in there. He's not in um, it, and neither's the no, girl, and neither's the dad. No, well, the dad. The dad's dead. dead. So yeah, John, oh, was it John? John Money? John. Yeah, he's yeah. terrific yeah. actor. He passed away. Um, but so it'll be Frazier. I know. I, you young. know how I know he's dead? How? He was in the death once. <laughs> there you go. That's the only reason anybody he might, knows he might still be alive. Dead. Yeah, but I was going to say it's not actually a prerequisite. <laughs> well, we, we do get it wrong from time yeah. to time. Yeah. Uh, my condolences to Gladys Pip, yes, who uh, yes. is clearly not yeah. dead. Yeah, we didn't um, do that to you, Gladys. So I remember talking about this. I was excited about it. Um, you know, probably a year ago, and my mate from uh, TV Tonight, David Knox, was saying, no, it'll be just him being pedantic and rich and, you know, snobby, and it'll be the opposite of what the other one was. I thought, oh, yeah. And then I spoke to this other bloke, and he said, well, what are they going to do? You can't slut-shame Roz in every episode, which is pretty much what they did. In, you know, it's just not appropriate now. They go, oh, she's never said no, and all of those jokes you can't do anymore. So I hope it's good, but 
I'm sceptical. Yeah, the, the, the uh, one and, review I've read, and I don't know if the person actually saw any eps because I'm not sure that anyone's seen any of it yet, uh, says that there's a, there's a little bit more cheers in this than there was in the uh, in the other ones. I don't know what that means, but um, well, I guess we'll see. I I was not a great Frasier fan, but I did bits and pieces. I saw over loud. I loved him in Cheers, but I wasn't that big a yep. fan of the show when it when he moved to his own show. It won something like 57 Emmys. Tell you what I reckon it had. It had one of the best show logos I've ever seen. I loved the show logo. Yeah. The Seattle Spire and uh, and, and the, the outline yeah, yeah. of the buildings. Best. I bought a, t- I bought a Fraser T-shirt because I loved the, loved the uh, show logo. Yeah. Yep. That'll yeah, be interesting. That'll be interesting. Yep. More yep. interesting than half the stuff that is currently on television, I have to tell you. God, there's some rubbish around. Well, celebrity no. strip's pretty good. <laughs> the mass strip is pretty good. That's that's the private. Ch- it's a private channel you have into the girls' the den downstairs that you're you live above of Mannix. That's yeah. not actually a free to air channel. I'm doing so well because you know what shows I normally promote that I'd like to see, and I'm not doing it tonight. So well done to me. Right now, you were the butt. I was driving along on uh, the weekend. I never. I very rarely button punch across radio stations. But I was driving home on Saturday afternoon. There's no footy on, obviously, um, and I I thought I'll I'll just punch around the music stations and see what's on. So I went around the music station dial, the FM music station dial of uh, of Melbourne stations. Why? Well, because I I just wanted to hear what they were playing and if it was any different to anything I heard or played – in 1990, when I was still, you know, knocking around the end of yeah. the 1990s, and I can because he's a button puncher, and I, <laughs> I, I can safely report to you, I did not hear one song I had not heard four million times before. Um, yeah. Be it, you know, John Mellinger, whatever it was, they were all there. There was nothing out of the ordinary, but there was a promo oh. for one of the breakfast shows. Ah. Oh. Okay, Fifi. No, not, and Andy no. and Wilco or something. No, 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 not Fifi, Fev, and uh, and Nick. Uh, not them. Not the Christian Alan O'Connell and, Breakfast Show. And Crazy Man. No, no, not uh, not Jace and uh, and Lauren. No, not them, and not uh, Ben and Liam and Woody or whatever it is. The other one. No, it was your mate Brian. Oh, Mister Funny. Marty Sheargold's Breakfast Show. There was a promo for it. Oh, really? What and is, guess, what's Marty come up with? Well, they were talking about a, a, a phone-in poll they had of who would be on the Australian Mount Rushmore. You know, the yeah. Mount Rushmore in America, which uh, has the is the famed, uh, you know, etched in stone political figures and leaders of... Uh, George Washington, Liam, Abraham and Lincoln, Lincoln yeah. all of the, all of the great presidents yeah. of That's, five or six. Where, where, hey, where did they get their... Talkback topics from the book. Talkback <laughs> topics that have been used a hundred times before. There is, a, <laughs> you know what? There is actually a book. Finally, there is a book that they use because um, I had a copy of it at one stage because it was given to me, and I, I, I'm pretty sure it didn't make it home. Pretty sure it made it into the big waste paper basket right near my car spot. Anyway. That's beside the point. So, yes, they do. They've got that. And they were talking about who should be on the Australian Mount Rushmore. And guess what? They wanted listeners to phone in and say what they thought. All right. And guess whose name came up? Kevin Hilly. No. Me. Yes. 
Oh, well, I'd have been the source of ridicule for the next half hour. They I would were talking. Well, that's, I just want to point out the uh, the absolute uh, zenith of hilarity that ensured here. We're in this little little thirty second promo, which you know is generally supposed to be the best part of the show, isn't it? The bit you use in yeah, the little promo thing. Yeah, that, that's the best part of the show. So they talked about that uh, they had phone calls from uh, uh, people talking about Bert Newton and uh, and uh, Shane Warne, and then Marty said, and then. <laughs> And then Marty said, I <laughs> oh, see someone's put your mate in. He was talking to the girl who's on the show, Missy, whatever her name is. And he said that someone mentioned your mate, Brian Mannix. Oh, he's hilarious. And, and then Marty said, and then Marty said, uh, it'd take a fair bit of chiselment around the arm area, wouldn't it? Around where? The arm area. Isn't he just living up to? That was look, a tag. That's uh, there's nothing more coming. Oh, that look, was it. He, he, he's a beauty. He's um, is it, in comedy. It's really hard to be consistent, and Marty <laughs> is very consistent. He's oh. the most consistent comedian I've ever heard. He's consistently not good. I um. I, I thought I, I was funny. The tagline. You know how you know how when you're in the car and someone rings you and you, the radio drops out. I thought Sarah must have phoned me in my car because I'm going. Surely there's a bit more to that than that. No, nah, went nah, on to the the nah. next thing came up, which was you know an ad for Harvey Norman or something. I'm going oh, so that was the tagline. Okay, I'm I'm never said I was a comedian, but shed I was a bit surprised by that being the tagline. So anyway, well. He's just a bit, you know. Anyway, bit bit up himself at the moment because he's just been hired by the egg board to be the model for uh, eggs, <laughs> and they're using his head and be popping out of a packet, going, "Hey, eggs are great for you," and he'll chuck in one of his funny lines, no doubt, just physically hanging shit on somebody. Fair dinkum, you know. As as I challenged him, I said, you know. Let me and Kevin finally come in for a week. We'll double your friggin' ratings. You are shit. And what do you reckon? He's on 700000 a year. Oh, Fair probably heck. been some. They have stuck oh. by him, haven't they? Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have. Yep. Well, <laughs> we, know, we know how these things work. They just keep changing the deck chairs around. <laughs> so, as so you know, everyone it's like it's like watching musical chairs as people float in and out of different organisations and, and other people manoeuvre themselves around to keep their jobs. It's quite scary sometimes. Anyway. When was this, Kev? I think I'll need to make a little <laughs> post and... Have a little crack at uh, well, Marty. you should go back and li- you should go back and listen to. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's in a best of thing somewhere that it would have been because if, if it's made the promo, it must have made the best of. So, yeah. Well, you know, hang shit on me for what I do or say, but you know, we do. Like but not, he's talking, but not for he's your talking about arms. <laughs> he had a photo after I'd been injured on Sam Newman's boat. And my arms looked slightly crinkly and petite. Well, you know, God help me if I was Asian. He's going to hang shit on me for being Asian. Oh. You know, it's the same. It's the same sort of thing. You hang on somebody and their physicality, 
apologies to Tracy Grimshaw. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say we all we all do it in different in different ways. We all do it. Uh, but you just had, you just you just had a go at his egg shaped head. <laughs> but the you important know. thing the important thing for me is if it's funny, yes. But if it's just like what, well then what? You know, to go with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just um, didn't, didn't. And you know, it's it's like you know you can't. It's like Sean Connery said, "Sure, they come to a fight with a knife. You go to the fight with a gun." So, egghead, funny, and you got the brain of a yolk, and you'll oh. be hearing more from me. Oh. <laughs> Not All right, funny, but. I'll work on it. I'll just, uh, I'll just, I just thought I'd table that for you. Now, uh, lots going on. Uh, footy news. Uh, there's, uh, oh goodness gracious me, um, the trade thing started, but we've had 400 trades played out in the press in the days leading up, and now we actually get to do a couple. So I think a few have been done today. I think Todd Goldstein's gone to Essendon. Um, I think um, uh, a couple of others are done. I'm not sure if the Taylor Adams one to Sydney's been done. That's the that's the big surprise for me out of all the stuff that I've seen so far. Um, well, the big surprise was late today. What was that one? Marty Sheargold's been drafted by Geelong. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna gonna be doing the sideline view on Bay ninety three point nine on Saturday mornings. He's taking no. my place. <laughs> No, he's doing the um, the community radio down at um, Carayo. <laughs> using right. him to put the so, pulse in the pulse. Yeah, now what was the late one, Finey? What, what have we missed? Lockie Schultz has oh, yes. formed Fremantle that he wants to go to Collingwood. He's a very good player. Now, I wonder if that would have happened if Taylor Adams hadn't moved. He's a midfielder, isn't okay. he, Schultz? No, no. He's a small – he's a solid – Small forward, maybe a high small forward, but he's very good. I really like Lockie Schultz. Okay. Very good player. I haven't watched a lot of the Dockers, so I can't comment on Yeah, I've been a fair bit of him, and he's excellent. Okay. Well, uh, the uh, and and the one that I the, – I can't get my hand around this uh, head around this stuff, though. <laughs> the Doggies mm. traded picks 10-17 and a future first rounder for pick 4 Fifty something and sixty something, or whatever it was. That when they start doing that stuff, I just go, nah, leave me out of this. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. They've done it. I understand why why they do it, and you know, when they position themselves, and they got some kid from Caulfield Grammar that they're really keen on, who they think will still be there at number four, and they want to get him. Um, I get all that, but God, it's boring to listen to though, and and to talk, you know, to read about. You know, it's like yeah, that, that's that's for the future. Yeah. But you are you are going to get a St Kilda player. Um, now, one who hasn't played for two years. Yeah, Nick Caulfield. Yeah. Um, he had one. He had one good season. He's he's okay, and he's sort of what you need. He's a mid to tall size backman. So you do need some bolstering down back. Absolutely. So he's, not, he's not a bad pickup. Okay. Um, is he Josh Bruce height sort of or a bit smaller? Uh, yeah, about that height. Yeah. See, jo- they wasted Josh playing Josh down back. He never looked like a backman to me as long as his bum pointed to the ground. He looked like a forward from day one. I don't know yeah. why, why we played him down back. Anyway. He didn't, he didn't work out at the doggies. So that's uh, that's all the, the footy news is all that stuff and best and fairest winners have all been done for the for the year and uh, Blake's re-signing nine-year contract. What do you think about a nine-year contract? Aaron Norton. Yeah. 
Well, it's eight. There's a Sunday eight, and he's already that kicks in after the one that he finishes at the end of 2024. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I think I think Bulldogs have been a bit mismanaged in recent years, in my opinion. But anyway. Interesting I think, observation. I think they should have – you can have a nine-year contract, but you should do it like a record company. And, oh, God, Nick from Hawthorne just will not stop ringing me. He's just – anyway. So, um, yeah, um, have a contract like a record deal where, you know, you've got a three-album deal. But if your first album doesn't sell, you don't get to do the second album. So oh. there's all these out clauses. So you give him a nine-year contract, provided there's an out clause after two or three. You know, it's all performance-based. But, yeah, it's pretty stupid nine years. Jeez whiz. you got to at least lose at least 18 months in injury, you would think. Yeah, the, the, when you look back on the Buddy deal, it actually didn't turn out too badly for Sydney. Yeah. Oh. They never want a flag with him. I think he was good for marketing of Sydney. We've got this superstar coming up here, like Lee Matthews at Brisbane. And, yeah, he was great first couple of years. But, the, you know, I remember they wanted Joe Danaher. And he'd stay with us another year. And he was doing nothing. He played probably maybe three games for us. And they had Buddy who played, I think, no games. And I was thinking, I wish they'd got Joe. So they could have their two big forwards paying them a shitload, and none of them play. They played three games between the two of them. That's good. Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised that anyone gets um, – after what happened in that uh, – so was that the late part of the 90s, early part of the 2000s when the Mercury deal and the Mercedes deal and all those, all those deals seemed to um, stuff clubs up because they became yeah. so, so heavily, um, you know – Waited um, that they had to get rid of four other blokes to be able to keep this bloke in, and you know, bloke- yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's ridiculous. After Grundy got an eight-year deal, and Collingwood couldn't get rid of him soon enough, and and Norton's flaky. I've I've described him before. Look, any club would have him, but he is flaky. I'd be telling him, I wouldn't be giving him a nine-year deal. I'd be telling him pull his finger out. To be honest, I'd certainly be doing some goal kicking practice with him. I'd be having that as part of the contractual obligations. Um, yeah. the, the, you need no. to kick them through the big one, the two big ones in the middle, Aaron. Not the not the other little ones, or not even the out of bounds ones. Just in between those two big ones. I make you a promise. In nine years, he'll come off the field thirty six times, looking like he's just been hit by an Exocet missile. <laughs> but he'll be back in fifteen minutes. So don't worry. Yes, I did. After your observation of that, I did have a think about that, and uh, I, I, I think guilty as charged, Your Honour. Yeah, well, some, as long as he comes back on, but, you know. Yeah. He, he's an interesting cat. He's yeah. different. I'll yeah. give him that. Yeah, I don't know him well. I've, I've interviewed him a couple of times. I don't know him well, to be honest, but uh, nice nice young fellow on on uh, on what I meant. Nice young fellow. Oh, yeah. yeah could, be, could be an absolute sweetheart. All right. Cricket World Cup. I've watched bits and pieces of it. Bloody hell. I watched, uh, unfortunately, I watched the Australians last night. Um, mm. Two for 110, all out for 199. Three for 12 or something they had. Uh, three for 20-something, I think it was, when they dropped Coley. And that was the end of that one. Not good enough. No. No, I agree. Oh, I'm not I'm not, quite uh, sure. I'm not sure about uh, the structure of the team, to be honest. 
Well, I think you've got to have a look at Carey. Um, that catch that they dropped, um, Mitch, Mitch, Mark, Mitch, the Mitchell guy. Mitch Marsh. He dropped it. But they, they were kind of like running at each other. I can understand why they were distracted. But, gee, that could have changed the game. Um, let me go to finding. Let me go to finding for one tick finding. Well, well, he knows what he's talking about. I was going to say, uh, whose catch was that catch? That Mitch Marsh's catch. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree it was. But usually, usually the keeper will call it, and he'll call it early if he's going to get it. But he didn't. No. So it was Mitch's catch. So theoretically, Kerry should have stood still, not moved. Yeah, correct. Anyhow, I, 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 hundred ninety. It was a weird wicket. Yeah, it wasn't coming onto the bat terribly well. No, it wasn't great picks, but they won easily enough. I actually hope Australia get knocked out early because I, I don't have the time or the patience to watch another major sporting event. I, I'm loving the EPL. As oh, you would too. me too. You would too, Kevin. I mean, West Ham are playing so well. They had a great two-all draw against Newcastle. Their new player, Mahmoud Kudus, kicked this beautiful equaliser. Newcastle are a great team. Good team, West Ham, very good team, Newcastle. West Ham are matching it. You know, you got Tottenham just, well, they were actually piss poor on the weekend, but they won. Um, um, are they, they, are be, they, are they been, top of the table? Arsenal and Tottenham are top of the t- top of the table at the moment, yes, both undefeated. Did, they, did Luton ever play a sent-off? No. Um, Tottenham uh, did. Tottenham no, did. Tottenham yeah, Bissou, I think yeah. Tottenham had... Two sent off, didn't no, they? B- no, no. no. Bazuma got sent oh, off no. just just on half time. He got the second yeah. yellow card yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for diving, yeah. and he did dive. He absolutely yeah. deserved the card. Yeah, um, he's a good but, player, but he's a dill. But yeah, look, no. The main thing is they won. They're top of the table, and Ange is a bloody marvel. So yeah, I, I, look, I'm invested in that. I like watching darts. I like, there's a few things I like to watch. I've been watching the AFLW because St Kilda's going all right. And I thought, God, if I get involved in the World Cup cricket. Like... <laughs> yeah. Mind you, I watched a bit of the South African one the other night. Um, they were they were unbelievable with the bat, 420-something yeah. they scored. And then Sri yeah. Lanka, to their credit, only, only it was less than 100 they lost by in the end. They made 326, which would probably win you nine games out of ten. Yeah. Yeah, no, no it's, it's well worth watching. Yeah, no, it's it's good. Um, watch bits and pieces of it. Do you think Australia's got too many fast bowlers? Yeah. And Zampa, no, he doesn't seem much good to me. I don't know. You guys know better than me. But to me, it seems like fast bowling over there works about the first five or six overs and then, come on, let's try something different. Let's get some steamers or some spin or some, I don't know, but. Brian, Brian, yeah, you don't you don't know what you're talking about. Well, this is right. But on this, this occasion, on this occasion, <laughs> on this occasion, you are 100 percent correct. Yes, you are. Oh God, let's try not to let that happen again. No, it won't. No, that's exactly no, it's won't. exactly right. No, it won't. They can do they can do damage when the ball's very hard, but it gets soft very quickly, and they don't have that sort of middle tier of niggling, nagging bowler, reversing bowler. What they need, what you need is more bowlers who bowl three different paces. And they, Australia seem a bit behind in that category. You, you've got a, a bowler. A Steve you know, Walk on the guy. 
Well, I mean, guys like Richardson used to be very good at yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, he was good at that. I'll tell you who's good at it is Stoinis. I reckon yeah. Stoinis should be in the team ahead of Green. Yeah. well, I, I like I mean, Cam Green. Green but- yeah, no, you're right. Stoinis is the one that can do it. You've yeah. got to have bowlers that can bowl that deceptive slower ball, different length, different whatever. But Australia, look, I'm going to tell you something straight up and never, ever forget it. I watch the IPL. India have got four limited overs teams that could win that competition. They are <laughs> blessed with so many brilliant players in that format. Then you put it on their home grounds. We're playing for second year, people. Yeah, if we're lucky. Um, well, the the one of their best batsmen of the last 18 months didn't even play in this game because he had dengue fever or something. Well, that is – that's like – that's like um, – Hiccups over here, yeah. dengue fever. The um the opener, the uh, the other opener who, who was just carting them around uh, left, right, and centre in the IPL, and I think it's Sherman Sharman. What's his name? Um, no, no, Sherman Sharman was. <laughs> <Not> sh- <laughs> he was he was in the Civil War. <laughs> Thanks, smart ass. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to think of his name. He's a very General Sherman Sherman <laughs> of the Confederate Army. <laughs> He's a very good, uh, very good player. All right, so that's the Cricket World Cup. We'll watch a bit of that. But uh, Oster Piastri, how about him? Won the oh, form- good. won the Formula One Grand Prix and guitar. Hang on, he won the, is this, he won the sprint? Is this the bloke with the dodgy legs that shot his girlfriend? No, that's Oscar Pistorius. <laughs> How's he going to drive the car with the with oh, the with the winged legs? It's uh-huh. like wow, you be you got to double clutch those. Grand Oscar Piastri, an Australian got- Formula One Grand Prix driver. He came oh, second yeah. in the he came second in the Grand Prix. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, what do you what do you he won the sprint? Yeah, they yeah. got a sprint. Yeah. That's like the you know, that's yeah. like the. Um, that's like that par three they play before the Masters. Yeah, that's really correct. But he, and- he still won it. No, but he made the and, podium in the big yeah, race. Yeah, which so is good. excellent. And as a man, you always want to come second, wouldn't you? So just driving down Tacky Street. Yeah, hang on. Uh, and you, and unfortunately, you weren't going as fast as Oscar went, or else we wouldn't have uh, had to endure it. You would have gone, would have been gone anyway. Oh, all right, all right. Uh, so that's all. That. Now let's get to the AFLW tips and guess who's got the Sheriff's badge this week, topping the tipping for the weekly uh, games. Woohoo! With six, Brian Mannix. Are you speechless? No. Um, I thought my best call was Brisbane, you know, they were playing Collingwood and I said, no, Brisbane are going to lose. They comes in threes. But it was actually better than that. Because Brisbane lost to Collingwood in the AFLW, the Brisbane Raw lost to Sydney FC in the Australia, the Cup. Australia Cup, and the Brisbane Bullets lost to the Taipans in the basketball. So that's five losses Brisbane's had. It's just not Brisbane's year, and nothing will change that. So you basically live about 120 k's from Loserville. That's why I live 120 k's away, Kev. <laughs> no, you got six. You got six, which has taken you to 35 on the uh, on the yearly standings. Finally, you got four. You're on 37, <laughs> and I got three. I dudded right out. 
Um, All right. And I'm on 35 as well, Brian, so you and I are now equal and Finey is where he usually is, right on top. Well, we can ask Natalie about that. So let's go to this week's games and Adelaide. Now, I'm going to make a request. Mm. Let's just give our tips, Brian. Let's not let's not have Elaborate. Some, yeah, All let's right. have some elongated mystery tour. Of bullshit, uh, of total. Just a quick, a, a quick, a quick reason. Yeah. Not, not, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Adelaide played the Western right. Bulldogs at the Witten Oval on Friday night. I'm going for the Western Bulldogs because I'm a life member. Finey? I'm going for Adelaide because Bulldogs haven't won a game yet. Correct. Brian? I'm going for Adelaide because Bulldogs are shit. Good reason. St Kilda played GWS Saturday afternoon at RESA Park. I'm going for St Kilda because, as Finey quite rightly mentioned, they're going quite well, Finey. Yeah, they're on a roll. Steph, Kioxia. Another knee. St Kilda is so unlucky. You know, they got her, I think, from Collingwood. Or, yeah, She's a very good player. St Kilda have had so many players have serious injuries, so that's a real blow. Mate, that competition has had so many girls do their knees. It's uh, I know that's why they're doing all these studies and that about whether it's got what it's got to do with, but, geez, it happens a lot. Uh, St Kilda and GWS, Brian, who would you like? GWS, thanks, Kev. Thank you, Brian. Geelong play Fremantle at GMHBA Stadium Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock. I'm going for the Cats. Funny? I'll go for the Dockers. Brian? Fremantle, very quickly, Kev. <laughs> now you're just taking the piss, Mannix. Sydney play Hawthorne at Henson Park on Saturday afternoon up in Sydney. I'm going for Sydney. Finey. Well, actually, this is an interesting game because this is this is the home ground of the Muppets, Henson Park. It is. And there is a Miss Piggy at four four. Very nice. Um yeah, uh, I'll go for – see, that's an interesting one. I'll go for Sydney. Sydney to beat Hawthorne. And Brian at home, Sydney or Hawthorne? I'll say Hawks because it's quicker than saying Hawthorne. Gold Coast play Brisbane, <laughs> the Battle of the Bridge, at Heritage Bank Stadium on the Gold Coast. Brian, at 5.05 on Saturday afternoon, That'll be that's before happy hour. You can go down to that one. But I'm going to pick nope. – the Gold Coast Sorry. to beat Brisbane. Finey? Brisbane. Brian, given that Brisbane are losing everything, are you going the Gold Coast? Suns, because it's only four letters. <laughs> it's just one of those people. He's one of those – he was in school. He was one of those kids. Oh, the teacher would have wanted – the teacher would have wanted to throw chalk at you every five seconds, I reckon, Mannix. That's, that's exactly student. what I was thinking. He would have been a nightmare of a kid, you know, one of those kids. All right, I don't, want, to, I don't, I don't want another peep out of you for the rest of the trip. Oh, fancy, if, fancy questioning the teacher whether they know what they're talking about. No, oh. I can just, I just imagine parents going, "All right, that's it, enough mucking around for the back seat. I don't want to hear another word from you for the rest of the trip, right?" Three hours later, you peed your pants and they go, what's going on? <laughs> well, you said I couldn't say anything. And there is no evidence to suggest any of that happened. You reckon? And quite quite frankly, if you're worried about being sued, mm-hmm. that is defamation right there. 
No, so that's defecation. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and this show is full of defecation. Uh, Richmond play Essendon Icon Park on Saturday night at 7.15. I'm going to go for the Bombers to win that one. Uh, Finey. Tigers. And Mr Mannix. Bombers are bringing back the torp. Go the Bombers. Kangaroos play Port Adelaide at Arden Street at Sunday afternoon at 1.05. Uh, like the Kangaroos, think they're a very good side. Um, who are you going for, Finey? North Melbourne. Who's the undefeated team in the comp? It's Adelaide, that's right. Um, you're going for Kangaroos and Mr Mannix, Kangaroos or, Crow, or Port Adelaide, sorry? Oh, you've got some Port for sure. Port. Okay. Uh, Carlton play Collingwood. Whoa! Sunday afternoon, 3.05 at Icon Park. Carlton and Collingwood. I shall go for Collingwood to win that. Finey. Collingwood. Monsieur Mannix. Uh, I'll go the Blues. Oh, I must have hurt. It did. Okay. But Collingwood's going to hurt just as much. So, right. you know, what are you going to do? And the West Coast Eagles, who aren't on the bottom of the ladder in this competition because they've actually won a game, will play host to Melbourne at Mineral Resources Park in Perth on Sunday afternoon. Unfortunately, they won't win. Melbourne will win that. Finey? Melbourne. Brian? Can't disagree. Okay, there you go. Done. Whoa, in world record time. Like Kieran, oh, we got like a Kieran Perkins in Lane Eight at Atlanta. That one. We got a bumper crop of death alive. Yeah, and I and I'm going to get into trouble for this one this week because of one of the people who've died and after the text message I sent you. But anyway, uh, right, O'Brien, it's time to open it up. Ladies and gentlemen, take a moment and enjoy. No, enjoy is not the right word, is it? <laughs> take a moment. <laughs> Take a moment. Enjoy. (laughs) Um, Okay, here here we go. This time for sure. Uh, Moment to think about the people that are no longer with us. This is the Deathalyzer. Like what Gates has been doing with the Deathalyzer too, with the sounds sounding very. Oh, it's terrific, isn't it? He's doing a great job. Jumps right out. That does. Um, Yes. uh, an update on Steve's health, though. Steve actually, um, he is he is he's good. Uh, he had a little relapse on the weekend and had to be put back in the hospital. Got a little bit of a chest thing going on, but um, he's over that, and he should be by the time uh, this podcast is out and about, and he hears it, he should be uh, back home and annoying the hell out of Kathy. Um, wow, well, we w- we wish you well, Steve. We wish Kathy well more so. There's much in every bit as much as Steve. <laughs> yeah. Get well soon, Stevie, my man. Yeah. Now, uh, okay, so here's the death Eliza. Um, we, we shouldn't be talking about that in the middle of the death Eliza. Uh, no, well, they're doing Yeah, I know. Okay. Oh. Um, all oh. right. Uh, Mel Garvin passed away at the age of 82. Um, celebrated broadcaster and uh, in my early days in radio and uh, probably for the first 10 years of radio, um, this, uh, he had a show called The Breakthrough Generation. He was a man of uh, faith. And he, uh, he did this sort of, uh, these days it would be like a Dr. Phil type thing, but he used to do adv- like a little advice um, uh, segment. And uh, radio stations ran it right across this country for years and up until only recent times. So he passed away at the age of 82. Francis Lee, the English soccer oh, player. Oh, 
going to say Francis Lee, my good mate. No, no, not Francis Lee. Francis Lee, the uh, played five hundred. Uh, what was the EPL back in those days? First division games in uh, English soccer for a Bolton man. City was the uh, the side that he won a couple of titles with in an FA Cup. Uh, won a title at Derby as well when he went there. Played uh, for England twenty seven times. It was a, uh, a sort of a, it was a sort of centre forward. Um, he passed away at the age of seventy nine. And at the age of 80, Dick Butkus passed away. He probably wanted to with a name like that. Dick was an NFL Hall of Famer uh, for the American uh, football. He was an actor too. He got into movies. And uh, uh, the one who he's in that was probably his most famous role was Johnny Dangerously. But he was oh, also – We all know what he's famous. We all know what Dick Butkus's most famous role was. It, could you get a worse name than Dick Butkus? Not for the movies he was in. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Right, you know his three. He, you know his three most famous. His three most famous oh. movies. God, here we go. Yeah, go on. I've got female mm-hmm. drilling this. <laughs> Drilling Miss Daisy. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't say the third. Yeah, well, you're not going to. Because we've cleaned up the show. Yes. The thing thing about him, he became such a big star that his name was bigger than the title of the movie. Like, if you remember, well, you probably don't, but Nuns on Heat, which was a terrific film. And that all you saw was Dick Butkiss. In Nuns on Heat, and it was always like that. Dick became such a huge dick, butt kiss. Um, he was he's mad. You know, you know uh, the but. But hang on, you know that he wasn't born Dick Butkus. <laughs> oh no, is that right? <laughs> yeah. So much for cleaning the show up. But here we go. All right, he was born Richard Arslicker. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is not appropriate. There, you know, we're cleaning up our acting bit here. <laughs> oh, you know, that, was... That, that was his that that was his birth name, but of course. Like they cleaned it up somewhat. It yeah, I uh, I was doing the list for uh, for this <laughs> after I'd sent the text message about about you know let's let's be mindful of what we're doing. And I thought I saw this and I went, oh, this is going to come back to bite me on the on the dick butt kiss. I can tell. But anyway, <laughs> now he became he became famous. The reason one of the reasons why everyone in America knows him is not necessarily because he was an, an NFL Hall of Famer, even though. He was, you know, a great player, a champion player and then a, a champion coach after that and did do a few movies. But Letterman turned him into exactly what we've just done for the last five minutes. Letterman turned him in, if you'll pardon the expression, the butt of a, a lot of jokes and used to wheel him out all the time and wheel his name out into his top ten lists or anything he could do for a, a period of time there. You know what American comedians are like. They do a joke for sort of six months and never, never let it go. And Letterman turned him into a massive star there for about a year or so. Um, and it, it lingered. He, he's, his signings and all those things that he went off the tree because it was just huge. But anyway. So our, our well, commiserations it, and condolences to the entire Butkus family. 
Sorry, there's a I lot of butt kisses out there. Yeah, there is. <laughs> you worked in radio. There's a lot of butt kisses out there. And if it's good enough for David Letterman, I think it's good enough for us. Yes, yeah, He's a very talented man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes tonight's episode of The Death of Laser. The Dick Butkus episode. Right. <laughs> That's it. Look forward to our new yeah. Dick Butkus updates yeah. on future shows. The dip, we might we may instigate the Dick Butkus Award. Uh, we might give out each week to someone who we uh, we can say safely fits that. Mode. He's a great man, and yeah. I think we should on, commemorate. Just so, just so we don't go down this track again <laughs> next week. Oh yeah, here we go. Dick Van Dyke is dead. <laughs> he's not. He's alive. <laughs> is he? Yeah, I'm dreading. How old is he? He's no, he's ninety-seven. I follow him on, on social media. He's still he's still around and doing stuff, and he's uh, he's not. I won't say he's a sprightly ninety-seven, but he's ninety-seven, and he still makes the odd public appearance. Um. I, I was investigating the possibilities of trying to get him for one of the shows that we do, to be honest, um, and we're oh, still that, doing that. That'd be good. I love Dick St- Van Dyke. Still doing that. Um, Actually, I don't, I don't even like saying that. I love Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> I love that actor. You wait till you hear what we do when I edit it. I've <laughs> got. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Brian said what? He did he really? Yeah, let me play it to you. I love Dick. No, never mind. Um, yes. Dick Van Dyke, I've been, I've been in two and been on one. <laughs> right now we're getting to this. Getting to this. <laughs> Jesus, we're getting to this week's topic. Here we go. All right, we have not cleaned this show up at all. <laughs> no, not much. Um, well, we made we made a good effort. Well, you know, we went, well. we, we, went well well. For, we went well. We went well for we went well for fifty three minutes. Look, hang on, I, 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 I didn't want to do this. Oh no, don't! But now that we've we've, I mean, I really wanted. I really agreed with you about the whole cleaning the show up. Yeah, and everything. yeah. Mm. But I'm not going to let Brian be the first to say it. So fuck. <laughs> Right. Okay. okay. Right. We're good there you now. go, Brian. We're allowed and, one and, and, show. And, and, good now. We're allowed one show, and I used it. Well, I, that's fine. Um, yeah, I that think is fine. Mark. I think this whole show, you know, our efforts have been good to clean it up a little bit, but unfortunately, Butkiss died this week, <laughs> and it's just. Thrown all, it's just wrecked everything. You, we're only human, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got a guy called Dick Butkiss. Let's hope Pussy Galore doesn't <laughs> die next week. Oh God! <laughs> um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll hope we'll, we'll hope our, our, our thoughts and prayers are going with people with normal names not to die in the next for the next edition of the Death Lies. Not anyone with a name that could be construed as something to do with a part of your anatomy that is below your waist. All right. That being said, let's get to the let's get to the topic for this week, which is, and finally come up with this one: some favourite items of clothing. Now we're going to do three each of uh, you know something that that uh, that you've got. It might not be in your wardrobe anymore. It might have been in your wardrobe before, but something that means something to you. So, finally, you come up with this one so you can kick it off. All right, I've only started wearing these in the last few weeks. All right. 
in preparation for going away at the end of the year because we're going to Europe. Right. And I love them. I can't believe I've never worn them before. So number three, long johns. Really? Yeah, uh, they're great. What I are you, an, F, you an F troop or what? <laughs> Well, you've got to wear them apparently in Europe in, in winter. Like it's, you know, we'll be going to places that the negative eight, negative ten degrees. Yeah, yeah. But I like them. Are you, have on. you got? Have you got like a where's what? Are they where's Wally colours or what sort of you got? No, they're not the whole body. It's not a. It's not. It's not. It's just the pants. Oh, okay. You know, look. I'll, I'll tell you. I either wear. I've told Natalie I'm either wearing no underpants or the or all underpants. I've given up the basic boxer shorts. Yeah, right. I'm either, free ball, I'm either free balling or I'm wrapped up like a Christmas turkey. Right. Um, so what what's so terrific about long john pants? They're cosy. Oh, okay. And they're and you know what the best thing about them is like I only wear them when it's cold, obviously. Mm-hmm. But we've had some really cold morning because I get up at five thirty now for the shop. Right. What's really great is at the end of the day, they, 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 you know, if, if, because I have a shower in the morning, at the end of the day, when it's bloody cold, I hate getting into a cold bed. I love getting in wearing the long johns. It, it solves the problem. I'm, I'm a convert. I'm a convert. Okay. Can't say I've ever worn them. You ever worn long johns apart from your stint in prison, Brian? No. Um, I he he didn't wear them long. He, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting confused, Brian, uh, Kevin. Mm-hmm. When he was in prison, he didn't wear long johns. He was in a cell with long johns. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> My mistake. Easy mistake no, to make. Uh, up here, I actually, I'm in a um, pair of jocks, maybe a singlet or something, and it, it's – I'm too stingy to turn my overhead fan on a lot of the time. So I hang my foot out the side of the doona to keep my body temperature where it needs to be. So, and I'm sure many people have done that. Yeah, your arms or your, your, your feet out. Brian, I'm often hanging a foot outside the doona. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's about eight inches, not a foot. But anyway. Right. Oh. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is you can edit that out. This right. is just now, what we said we weren't going to do. Now, so the long John's just number three for finding. What do you got at number three, Brian? You know, We've I, ruined it again. It's, I'm just moving on quickly. What well, uh, what have you got at number three? I think for entertainment value, I think um, I'll go with the three T-shirts, and the first one I'll go with is a T-shirt. Surprisingly, I bought at Target or Kmart, and it's I, I think it's the most obnoxious thing you could possibly say. It's a yellow T-shirt, and it says, I am God. Now, that is so offensive to, so, to probably every religious denomination you've got. But to me, I couldn't believe Target was selling it, and it was the first T-shirt I wore on Spicks and Specs. I thought, they're not going to let me wear this. And they said, oh, that's great. Oh. So my I am my yellow I Am God T-shirt, which I, you know, with all my T-shirts, I 
chopping the sleeves out and I'm going to wear them on stage and that, you know, get my Mark Sheargold, Marty Sheargold arms hanging out so that <laughs> chicks can hang shit on me. But I am God, I think. I don't think there's anything more obnoxious that you can say to a message you can have than that. So for that reason, I you know, and, you know, as you've probably noticed, most of my humour comes from saying the opposite of what's appropriate. That is the opposite of what is right. So therefore, I love a T-shirt that's that obnoxious. I am God. That's my number three. Beautiful. All right, my number three is a t-shirt too, but it's a, and, and it's a strange one because over the years you get sent sent and given so many t-shirts for, and I'm I know I had favourites, you know, in the seventies and the eighties. There was a Frankie Miller t-shirt that they gave me that I I love, but um, almost got me booted out of a radio station because uh, the manager saw the back of it and what it had on it. He wasn't very appreciative of. Um, so, but when I woke up, when I was at one little stage of when I was in ICU. Um, uh, coming back from uh, having pneumonia, I, I woke up apparently and said to Sarah, the, the, look, uh, because you got the hospital gown thing on, and I hate the hospital gown, I think they're the most uh, obnoxious garment ever, What certainly wouldn't make my top three of anything. Um, I, I said to Sarah, for Christ's sake, can you bring in my Seawall T-shirt? I had a T-shirt I bought when I was on holidays in Queensland, the Seawall one, and I loved it. I wore it all the time, but I wanted it. It was the first thing I said to her when I woke up for some stupid reason. So it must have some sort of um, deep significance to me that I wasn't aware of that popped out of my head when I was coming out of um, uh, a very deep kind of uh, induced uh, sort of sleep that I was having when I had pneumonia. So there you go. That's my number three. Number two, finally, for you. Number two, interesting thing about T-shirts and shirts and that, for me anyhow, I think for most people, there are some that fit me really well. And some just don't fit me well, you know. So I've got certain favourite T-shirts. I don't think I've got one at the moment, actually. But anyhow, so you you're, you guys are going for more specific things, which is great. I'm going for sort of more a group. Generic. Generic. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. I'm a um, vocab man. Yeah, good on you, um, buddy. So I'm going for I love – Flannel shirts. I've always ah. loved them. Yeah. That's my look. But I can buy, I reckon I buy six to eight flannel shirts a year so I get one or two that I can wear. They've just got to have the buttons placed properly because I like I like opening up a button or two, especially because I've got tattoos on my chest. You don't get them for nothing. Yep. I want people to get a, a glimpse of them. Um, and I just every year I'd buy eight, and two, six of them end up in the bin. And I'll get two that I really love. So I've got a couple at the moment that I love. Okay. And I'll wear them till they die, and then I'll go again. Yep. No, that's I, I. I love the old flannel shirts too. I like the flannel over shirts. I used to have bought a couple of them in LA, and I loved them. Wore them all the time. They're good. I like flannel shirts. I like the look of flannel shirts on blokes. I mean, it looks good. Yeah, looks I good. like the feel of them. Yeah, I like the look of them. Yeah, looks good, feels good, is good. Del Monte, thank over you, to you, Kevin. Thank you. Uh, what are you at number two, Brian? 
Well, just a quick comment on the flannel shirt. Um, I going particularly bad in the nineties when you know nobody, I couldn't get arrested. I took a job as a shoveler at a quarry one day a week, which was actually great. It was a terrific job. But the bloke, you know, uh, it would have been good for your arms. <laughs> oh, it was terrific. I was muscly as shit. It was fantastic. Um, that's why I cut the sleeves out of a shirt. Have a look at this, girls. They Girls love arms. Anyway. Um, that's why octopuses do so well at bars. <laughs> suction things, don't, they turn a few girls off, but it turns some on. But I was not allowed to get a flannel shirt until I'd done three or four days shoveling. Then I'd earned it. Oh. And so, yeah, it was like, no, no, you can't have a flannel shirt. You're just a, a, a newbie here. Once you've done a couple of days, then you can get a flannel shirt. And I did. And it was like a, a badge of honour. So that was terrific. Um, they're not my style unless I'm in a Creedence Clearwater Revival band, but okay. Um, <laughs> number um, two for me is a T-shirt that came out when – Charlie Sheen lost his shit and went crazy at Chuck Lorre um, and left two and a half men and then he was just doing coke and, um, you know, broadcasting everywhere going, I've got tiger blood and we're winning, we're winning. And this T-shirt is of Charlie Sheen saying winning. And... Um, yeah, it was bought for me, and I just thought, this is great. And as you say, Bonnie, it was just one of those T-shirts that fit really good. And I loved wearing it, and we were Rocky, one of the young guys. The ensemble had the same shirt, so we got photos together with the same shirt. And I've still got that shirt now, and I've, I tell you, it's it's tattered. It looks like somebody ran over it with a Victor lawnmower. <laughs> it's one it's one strap away from just being, you know, a nipple hanging out. But it's so wrecked and so faded that I just love it because, once again, it's obnoxious and it just says, nah, oh, and this is cool. And this is not what you expect a 62-year-old to wear unless he's living in the gutter. But, for that, for, you know, as long as you've got good boots and shit on, for me, that's a great T-shirt, and I think it's only probably got another year or two in it. It's going to have to get some repairs. But winning with Charlie Sheen T-shirt is my second favourite um, item in clothing. Very good. Very good indeed. I've seen you in that T-shirt. Now, uh, my number two is I uh, I splashed out. Uh, I think it was the early 90s. Maybe late 80s, early 90s. bought myself one of those uh, Top Gun Bomber jacket things, the leather bomber jackets. Um, oh, no. From a, from a joint in Chapel Street. Cost me a freaking fortune, but I loved it. I loved it. Because I had the Triple M jacket at that stage. It must have been early 90s. I've gone to Triple M. Uh, I, I um, wasn't going to get given one of the Triple M jackets, so I sort of packed the shits about that and uh, went off and, uh, and bought this one of those – you know, Tom Cruise, Top Gun, bomber jacket, things, leather jackets, as I say, worth a fortune. And I loved it. But, I, but I, it didn't say Top Gun on it. No, it? of course not. Not that. Oh, it's a proper. Well, that's all right. It was a proper. It wasn't I'm a, thinking. 
No, 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 no. I wouldn't, wouldn't walk around that. No, it was a proper bloody, you know. Uh, okay. Bomber jacket. A bomber jacket, very expensive bomber jacket. And it, it looked really good. I, I, I loved it. I thought it looked fantastic. Um, and it, it, one of those jackets that just goes with everything, no matter. And for the most part in those days, you were in black pants uh, or or jeans or whatever everywhere, so just it went with everything. So it got worn with everything. So I wore the bejesus out of it and it was fantastic. I loved it, absolutely loved it. I've got no idea what I did well, with it in the end, but I don't have well, it anymore. Ken, I remember you wearing that up at Keppel Island. It was 32 <laughs> degrees and you just refused to take it off. No, I couldn't afford couldn't afford that jacket when I went with you to Great Keppel Island in the middle of the 80s. It wasn't until the late 80s I could afford one of those jackets. Um, Come on. And it was, well, uh, no, it was good. I loved it. Mid-80s. I wore it everywhere. I don't know what I did with it in the end. I don't know where it finished up, but I know it's, it's, no, longer, it's no longer with me. Um, it, it ended up lying on the beach at Keppel <laughs> yeah, Island. It very well could have. It very well could have. Um, so that's, uh, that was my number two item of, uh, of clothing, which I did, I did wear the bejesus out of that. I got, I, got, I got my money's worth out of that jacket. It was good. And I did get a triple M jacket in the end, but um, uh, only after... After night point, <laughs> well, almost, almost. Um, there were there were a couple of people at the radio station who didn't think, oh, "Why well, you? He shouldn't have a jacket." Oh, God, really? It's a jacket for God's sake. Um, Finey, long johns, flannel shirts, and at number one, well, as Brian said, when he puts on his um, Charlie Sheen t-shirt, as long as he's got jeans and a pair of boots, it's going to look good, and I can picture that. For old Bryzer. Um, Thank you. And my favourite favourite things at the moment, and maybe ever, are my two pairs of RM Williams boots. Now oh. I'm going to I'm going to tell you something. That's In the long, whole idea of the show that you tell us something. <laughs> yeah. <sorry. laughs> this time I mean it. You pay. Right. You get what you pay for. Sometimes in life. R.M. William boots are not cheap. They are so good. I just love putting them on. I can actually work all day in the shop. I can be on my feet all day in a pair of R.M. Williams and not have the dogs barking. Not that I would. I've actually got a new pair of runners. If anybody is in a, is in a job where they have to stand all day, I got, a, I got recommended these, so a bit off track here. Have you heard of a brand of runner called Hocker? No. H-O-K-A, people are wearing them all the time now. If you are in a stand-up job, which I know you're not, Kevin, DJing generally isn't, mm-hmm. but if you're on your feet all day, these hockers are amazing. But they're not as stylish as my RM Williams. I love going out in the RM Williams. It gives me an extra half an inch, and I guess at our age you can take take a little bit of extra height because we're not getting any taller. Um but they're just great boots. They're beautiful. Oh, I love my RM Williams. You can clean them back to looking good. They're Aussie, and they look Aussie. And I love my RM Williams. And they're now, can I ask? A, can I ask a boot question? Yeah, moot a moot and boot question. Um, yeah, Blundstones are very popular. Are RM Williams uh, like a, 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 a class above a, a class above the blunnies, or where where do they? Because I've worn blunnies and I quite like blunnies. Blundstones, Blundstones are. I'll, I'll, I'll put it plainly. Blundstones, they're the same flight, but Blundstones are economy and 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, R.M. Williams of business class. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay, I understand that. That's you know, you'll, you'll get there at the same time, and you'll you know, it'll cost you'll have spent more, but you'll be thankful for it at the end of the flight. Look, yeah, Blundstones are, are they're also very good, and they're priced accordingly. And yep, I think R.M. Williams about three times as much, and it's about right. Yep, there's a, there's something that happens with your posture when you wear a really good boot. That um, yeah. that it, 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 it fixes your back a lot and correct. Uh, yeah. oh, I agree entirely. You yep. walk straighter. You, yep. You know. Yeah. But I, I'm just I'm just pleased. You know, when I was in the states many 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 moons ago in San Diego, I was living with a Texan, and he was a proper Texan. He was a bull rider. He was insane, and he was into cowboy boots. And I bought a pair, a couple of pair of cowboy boots, and they were expensive. Um, Tommy somethings, they were called. Anyhow. Um, and they were good boots, but not like they, you know they were proper cowboy boots, a bit silly. But you know, Iron William boots, you wear them as a shoe yeah. more than a boot. Yeah, well, I can't. You know, it sounds like an ad, but I'm very proud that that is an Australian company and they're still Australian made. They haven't gone, they haven't gone the way of Vegemite. No, they most certainly haven't. Uh, now, Mr. Mannix, what is your number one? In the T-shirt library. Oh, since we only got three, this is so difficult, Kev. Um, look, I would like to comment on the boots. I, I had a pair of bloodstones, and they do make you feel good. But I tell you what, the boots I have, which are pointy boots, they were tailor-made by some Italian guy in uh, Nicholson Street, and you go, you pick what you want, and it was $120 for tailor-made boots. Fortunately, I was smart enough to buy eight pairs of them, <laughs> but they're like beetle—they're like beetle boots, and I've still got a brand new pair. And every now and then, I have to spray a pair. Great, but that is great. As if we had five, I would definitely have that in. But my number one, and that's a cross-up too, because it, it was a difficult thing. And I got a couple of t-shirts made up, and one of them said, "Go f yourself." in big print, and then underneath in really nice calligraphy it said, please, which I thought was fantastic. Go F yourself, please. You know, you were being obnoxious, but you were being polite at the same time. So I thought that was fantastic. But the one I'm going to put at my number one is in 2006 we did the Countdown um, Spectacular Tour where there was, you know, 40 acts and it was – Sherbet and me and Swanee and, you know, Ferrets and everybody was there. It was fantastic. And I thought to myself, we went on to it because I know how these things work. Everybody starts to worry about, well, what are you getting paid? Well, what am I getting paid? And they, you know, like, like in theatre and all that sort of shit, and, you know, I'm, I'm very conscious of that. So I got a T-shirt made up that I wore on stage every night during the entire tour that said, they're paying me more. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just thought that was the most obnoxious thing I could say. It's going to upset all my fellow artists. What? They're going to go, you really get more money than us? And I go, yeah, absolutely. I remember doing um, the Vietnam vet concert with um, – yeah, Red Simmons was there and we're sitting backstage eating like it's just and and drinking and 
you know, it's all great. And I go, well, this is great. You know, you know, we're getting all this food laid on, we're playing the My Music Bowl and, uh, you know, and the money's great. And then Red Simmons looked at me with this shock on his face. He said, are you getting paid? And I said, yeah, everybody. Just devastated, which was great. To devastate Red Simmons was great. <laughs> and so I had that in my mind when I went to the countdown tour. I said, what could shit everybody the most? They're paying me more. So that's, I think, one of the most brilliant T-shirts I've ever owned. And it's got a little hole in it, but I'll, I'll stitch that up and be wearing it again soon. So they're paying me more t-shirt that's my number one send us a photo of that we can put it up on the uh the facebook uh, things you get a photo I'll, of. I'll, I'll send you a photo of all three yeah, okay. beautiful. so you can put them all up beautiful and one of you uh, uh funny in your long johns no only joking um mine of ones I mean, I, I, yeah it, that's obnoxious that t-shirt but it's not terrible i mean we all get we all get a bit of money for this so none of us should complain yeah, but I was making out that they were paying me more than the rest of them. This wasn't socialism. This was like, yeah, you guys are good, but they're paying me more money because I'm better. It, you know, it, I may as well had I'm better written on my T-shirt. It was just a bit more subtle, and that's yeah, why but, I thought it, it was but it wouldn't so work. Cool. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't work here because we're all getting 500 a show, so none of us should complain. Really? You're only on 500? <laughs> um, I'm putting my T-shirt on right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, my number one's a piece of clothing I've never worn, but uh, it's it's it got to be my favourite piece of clothing. It was given to me on my 21st birthday by a bloke who was working at the radio station I was at at the time, um, who knew I was a mad. Uh, at that stage, living in Brisbane, I was a mad. I used to go to the rugby league all the time. Watch the local side Wests a big Wests fan um, and uh, he played for Wests and he gave me his jumper and back uh, you know back in 1977 um, you didn't see that very often uh, blokes giving their jumpers to anybody so he gave me his, uh, his jumper his number six he was the 58 for Wests um, and then uh, as it as it transpired uh, uh, some, geez, what was it, in the early 2000s, his son, this is a bloke who played rugby league for, I think he played Queensland level, certainly played club, uh, first division club level in uh, in Brisbane um, and some representative games for Brisbane. I think he played for Queensland as well and made a Queensland squad. Uh, then his son, um, funnily enough, got drafted into the AFL to the Bulldogs. And uh, came down and uh, uh, played some games. He was a Brisbane boy, came down, played some games and finished up being uh, not, I wouldn't by any stretch of the imagination say a great player, but he would have played 70-odd games, I reckon, in his time at the club. Absolutely fantastic young man. Um, got got to, to know him really well, obviously, and uh, over the t- his time at the Doggies, and he's still in Melbourne now. I think he's these days a an agent uh, for players, a manager and agent for players. Um, and uh, I, at one stage, we were doing a function at the club one night and I knew he was going to be there, so I bought the jumper and showed it to him and he sent the photo off to his dad who remembered it very fondly. Um, 
because we'd become mates over the years, and uh, was a was a big thrill. It was a, Steve Williams was the bloke who was the uh, bloke who gave me oh, the jumper. Yeah. He was a yeah. salesman at uh, at Four IP at the time, and then he went on to be part of the ownership of the Brisbane Broncos. Um, yeah. And his son Tommy came to uh, the doggies, yeah. and uh, it was you know it was good good player Tommy. He had an awful run with injuries, um, but he would have played I think seventy odd games in the end and. Got a great little photo of me and Tommy with uh, his dad's jumper that um, that his dad gave me as a twenty first birthday present. So that's it's probably the most uh, sentimental piece of um, of uh, clothing apparel that I have, and uh, happy that I've still got it. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know if he's a player agent, but I know he was a real estate agent because he was my real estate agent. Oh, no, is he? Is he, he in no, real estate he's, now? He's my insurance broker. Oh, okay, so an insurance. Well, he might have been doing player insurance and stuff. I know he was involved yeah. at some stage in. Doing something yeah, like that. no, he, he was our insurance broker. Yeah, he's a good fellow, Tommy. Really, really yeah, nice, young, nice young man. Yeah, Gilbert used to describe him as a broken biscuit. Yeah, he, he was a good yeah. player that always. I remember once he rolled into the fence at, at, you know, Marvel, what was then Telstra Dome or whatever. And I was there with Gilbert watching the games against St Kilda. He rolled into the fence and Gilbert go, he'll get, he'll be injured, and he got injured from it. Yep, he, he did. Wasn't he a really good – was he a rugby player or a rower? He was a rower, um, I yeah, think. he was a rower. Yeah, yeah no, he was – He was a top five draft pick, wasn't he? No, no, he actually wasn't a rower. He was a high jumper or something, wasn't he? I reckon he was a rower. Yeah, I, I, you're right, you're right. He was something else. Either, either way, he'd be a long, lanky bastard. Oh, very. And he's, long arms and long legs. Yet, funnily yep. enough, his dad wasn't. His dad was probably six foot tops. Nuggety little bloke and really oh tough tough little bloke tough tough player Stevie Williams he's a really good player. Um, but uh, do yeah. we need to investigate Mum then, Kim? For what reason? <laughs> well, his dad is a nuggety little bloke, and he got some bloke that's tall. Oh, no, if long you met, arms, if, long legs. No, if you met Tommy and uh, and met Steve, you were uh, the, the the apple has not fallen far from the tree. Uh, might be a bit taller, mind you, might. My son is uh, is about three or four inches taller than me now, and he's gangly thing, not little stocky little fat bloke like me. So, um, and he's definitely. And I'm, I'm different. Brian's son's taller than him. Yeah, he is. Funnily he's, enough, he's nearly he's nearly six foot. And if he didn't look like me, I'd be asking questions. And Casey's about. But I had meningitis and, and um, encephalitis when I was a kid, and they reckon that. Oh, that might have stunted gonna, my growth. I thought you were going to say so during, I've got an excuse. I thought you were going to say I've during conception excuse. you had meningitis and <laughs> what did you say you had? Uh, um, meningitis. Encephal- and, did you say encephalitis? Men- meningitis, meningitis and viral encephal- encephalitis. Oh, phew, phew. I don't, I don't <laughs> think, hey, Brian, Brian, mm. I don't think eating Greek food affects your height. <laughs> well, oh, if you no, put. If you put the wrong hummus on it, it it, it all goes wrong. <laughs> oh, goodness me. All right, that's it, boys. We're done. We're well, it's done. not it because well, I forgot to tell you something. Oh, what did you forget? Oh, one, oh, one more thing. thing. Yep, here we go. Now it's time for – hang on, wait a second. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for one more thing. So at the top of the show, I should have told you because I very rarely go to a live concert. I went to a – I went to – Concert on, you know, live music on Thursday night. What a band! Well, sort of. Uh, a musical. Ten, t- sort of. Somewhere between a band and a musical, actually. Ah, oh, so you went to Moulin Rouge. Wouldn't go to Moulin Rouge. Mamma Mia! It, 
Wouldn't go to Mamma Mia, Moulin Rouge or Elvis if they were holding my testicles as hostage. Sorry. <laughs> Not interested. <laughs> that narrows it down for us then. Uh, so uh, you went to, uh, I don't know, the Uncanny I'll, I'll X-Men? <laughs> no. I'll tell you, out of ten, ten. Ooh. At the Palais, packed house. The Palais, packed house. Yeah. Uh, Can you not guess? I'll give you a clue. Billy Graham? No, it was a famous, it was a great Aussie singer doing his show. Tex Perkins. Correct. Doing, oh, Tex. Tex doing Johnny Tex Cash. Tex's Man in Black show. Great show. It was great. I mean, the only there was only one problem. A lot of people in the crowd were over 70, I reckon, or 65. <laughs> so it was a sit-down show. I would have loved to have yeah. got up and I would have loved to have oh, got yeah. up and, and danced a bit, you know. And I'm singing was every song. I'm singing every song, and the bloke next to me is giving me the fucking stink eye. You're <laughs> <laughs> just a bit disappointed about the age group because I don't know, were you married to Natalie at the time? Are you going to the show to meet chicks or something and this was the disappointment? Or you were No, no, because everybody was sitting in the, No, it was Thursday. I was married and Natalie came with me. No, it's just that everybody oh. was stuck to their seats, you know, it was like watching a, a, a movie. <laughs> now when I see a band, I like getting up a bit, you know, and now, see, I, I, yeah, because I because I have absolutely no rhythm. Getting up does not interest me at all. I'm 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 happy to sit in the chair and do a bit of do a bit of boy dancing from the waist up. Do a bit of this. Yeah, no, no, no. I like dancing. And... So he did that show in LA. Are you insane? I said I went on Thursday to the Palais. Oh, well, it sounds like LA. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you reckon on yeah. Thursday night I went to Los Angeles to watch Tex Perkins? You know, you, you cashed up. You you know, your business is going well. Um, no, I saw that saw that show with my brother. Cried during it because my dad just played Johnny Cash as we were growing up as kids. We heard Johnny Cash and the Beatles, but Johnny Cash was a big part of our life. And to be there with my brother, and you know, we had a bit of a. Thing, you know, we had a resolution and it was a really beautiful night. And to hear our dad's songs, it, uh, yeah, it was a really great night. Uh, good, 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 good. No, he's, uh, he, he does the show very, very well. Uh, and that, that's why he's been doing it for, he's been doing that show for a long time now. Yeah, they reckon this is a new one, sort of a twist on the previous. Yeah. Probably the same songs, but the patter in between. The girl he got singing with him, she has got such a great... You know the only problem? There's only one problem. The band was fantastic, very talented band, really great. There's only one problem with the show. If you're looking for authenticity, it's not quite there because Tex has a better voice than Johnny. Mm, oh, that wouldn't be... Johnny wasn't a great singer but, by any stretch. No, and Tex has got a really good voice. Oh, Tex has got a great voice. Well, well he's in the same register, which is great. And um, that's okay. Johnny started a new style of singing. Everybody raised about Frank Sinatra, like he created a new style of singing. Well, yeah, okay. 
that gives his timing was different and stuff like that. Johnny Cash started a new style of singing. Lots of people rip rip off Johnny Cash, including Tex Perkins, and and Lou Reed created a new style of singing. So if Frank Sinatra is a great singer for creating a new style of singing, so is Johnny Cash and so is Lou Reed. And those artists have been ripped off by violent fans and so many others. So um, I've got a lot of respect for Johnny Cash because love is a burn. He's almost talking the thing, mm. you know, same as well, Frank. He, he was a talker singer. You know, yeah, but he yeah. Did a, he did a, look, I love Johnny Cash. I, According to my Spotify, you know, at the end of the year, Spotify gives you statistics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. here's your favourite you, tunes for the year. Yeah, do you know I'm in the top 0.2% of people in the world that listen to Johnny Cash? <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm there, I'm there too. So, I'll be in the top two as well. I listen to him regularly. Yeah, it's, you come into the shop, there's a good chance you're going to, you know, spend your Johnny Cash and hear your Johnny Cash. No, very good. Very good. All right, well, I'm glad you went and uh, enjoyed Tex. Uh, and yep. 10 out of 10, good stuff. All right, that's it, boys. Now we are done. No, there's no more things. There's no more no. lizers. There's no more anythings. We done. We done. Just, just, I've just, just got this for you. Mm. One buck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, nothing, uh, nothing I like more than sweet and salty. Yes. Uh, good night, uh, good night, Brian. Good night, Funny. We'll see you next week. See ya. Good night. Good night, dick butt kiss. <laughs> <laughs> look, there, look, you got to admit there was less dick tonight, about two inches <laughs> That's it. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. 